1: Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are bringing in a Hall of Famer to talk with us today about Nashville sports. We'll cover, the, cover some other topics as well. We're excited for this one. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast
0: Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover.
2: Hey, good looking. Why-
1: you got cooking. About cooking Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Co podcast presented by In the Clutch. In the Clutch has officially licensed the for Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball Players uh, Association, NFL. National Hockey League, and all kinds of other things. Go to clutch.com, use the code SPORTSTOVE, get 10% off your purchase. Dad, we have a great show lined up, and uh, good to have you back with us, by the way, Dad. Thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, good to be here. I'm really excited about this one. This will be great. All right, well, let's bring in our guest. We don't
1: want to leave him waiting too long. He's trying to watch some baseball tonight, so we're going to bring in uh george plaster he's a tennessee radio hall of famer he's the host of the all-new george plaster show monday to friday four to six on mainstream media tv which you can find on your roku fire tv and apple tv starting july the 11th uh george it is a real honor to have you with us thank you for being here oh happy to
0: do it hope you guys are doing well
1: we're doing great. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about uh, my childhood today, uh, getting ready for you coming on. And uh, one of the reasons why I am doing the show is because I grew up in the car with dad listening to George Plaster uh, between Kingsborough and Nashville. Uh, every time I hear it, was it Van Halen's Jump, I think. Oh, was your absolutely. Song? Yeah. So I remember yes. anytime that comes on. I think George Plaster, I think childhood memories. And then I actually used that song for my first ever live sports show, uh, halftime show during high school football on the radio. I use that song as my intro as an ode to my childhood. Uh, so I really do appreciate you coming on. I have tons of memories listening to your voice uh, uh, throughout my childhood. And of course, dad, was involved with that as well. Dad, you won cookies, I think, listening to George's show or a trivia question or something like that sometime. I did.
2: There, there was a trivia question about Stump George. He did that for just a little while, and I asked a brave question and, and actually won. So, Do you remember <laughs> you the question? It, it was what baseball player was the first one to get um, as a right in vote in the All-Star game. When they first started the write-ins back in the 70s, the first player to get in as a write-in, and it was a brave.
0: Rico Cardi?
2: Rico Cardi is who it was. Was
0: it really? Oh, yeah. We're cooking with gas.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now we got to send George some cookies, so he got the
1: question right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. George, I want to talk to you about Nashville sports, because Nashville, which is where you're you're at – it has just become one of the top sports cities in America. It seems like right now. And I mean, back back before the Titans came, we always had the sounds or for a long time, we had the sounds and we had the Nashville Knights hockey there for a little bit as well. But it seems like right now, when people think of Nashville, one of the things they think of is sports compared to in the past, when it was only music Um, sports is a big part of that. Now, what, what is the cause for that boom of Nashville as a sports city? Phil Bredesen, um, Hmm.
0: In, in, you know, in if to put it in, you know, a really quick answer, he was the one that had the vision to say we need a downtown arena. He was the one who took the chance that Bud Adams might actually be for real because Bud Adams had been shopping the uh, Oilers around. Jacksonville was one of the cities. There'd been some others. Bredesen had a vision to him as a mayor in the mid 90s that nobody else had. And without him, even though he was not some big hardcore sports fan, none of this would have ever happened.
1: Do you think that what Nashville currently is fits that vision, fulfills that vision that Bredesen had?
0: You know, that's a great question. Uh, It probably has gone a little past that. Hmm. Uh, You know, the Titans in, in the first year of the then new stadium go to the Super Bowl. Nobody could have seen that coming. The Predators attracted a level of passion uh, when they made the run to the Stanley Cup that probably nobody saw coming. So the the real answers to it are it's probably surpassed what we all thought.
1: Hmm. I look at what what it is now. You know, now the uh, tight ends meet in Nashville every year for their tight end university. And it's becoming, uh, again, just a place where people are living now, right? Off-season athletes, uh, celebrities are all moving to Nashville. It seems like some of that might be the stuff that goes on in California has pushed them this way. But uh, and others, just it's a very attractive place to be. And the Titans have been a big part of that. How, how far have the Titans come? I mean, when they came in uh, you know that first couple of years, people liked them, people supported them. But what was it? Was it the Super Bowl run that actually drew all the major support? Or, you know, where, where are they now compared to where they were in the you know, late 90s? Well, I don't
0: think it's anywhere near fan base wise what it was back then. Uh, Jeff Fisher and a group of players that were starved for attention really got out in this community and the public, the, the community loved them. Uh, I don't think that exists right now to any great extent. I think they've lacked um, a little bit of a, you've had a couple of quarterbacks that really have not been deep into the community. Marcus Mariota uh, might as well have been, you know, in a, in a, um, you know, in some sort of a cave when he was here, nobody ever saw him. And frankly, Ryan Tannehill, has not been overly visible in this city. And I think when your quarterback isn't, I think it hurts you. I'm not saying it necessarily affects how many people you draw, but I don't think it helps at all.
1: Dad, you always kind of accredited some of the less fandom to the Derek Mason move, didn't you?
2: Well, I, I, I think that was a, that, that hurt the Titans. I don't believe they were ever quite the same team after, you know, they got rid of Derek Mason from there. And again, I, that may have hurt in the community also. So.
0: Excuse me. I know y'all are wondering what I'm doing. I'm trying to get uh, a phone charger that doesn't seem to want to help me at all uh, to work. So, uh, And then and then you'll hear people say, well, George is not exactly the most technologically solid. (laughs) So uh, the two combined, y'all are y'all are talking to a moving target. (laughs) Sorry about that.
1: No, it's fine. You when Derek Mason was let go, uh, you know, dad said that for a while, long time. It has a major role in where the the program has gone for the Titans uh, when they chose not to bring back Derek Mason to let him walk. Um, of course, that was around the same time as McNair left and all that kind of stuff too. Um, but that was the heyday, right? The McNair, um, uh, Derek Mason, Eddie George days. That that was kind of the heyday. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl, so that'd be a big part. But even the first couple of Vince Young years were pretty incredible. They got themselves into a
0: salary cap mess where they really didn't have any choice. And they made the decision, as a lot of teams did back then, to play it out, to try to go one more year because they felt like they really had a shot. It didn't work out, and that that's what your dad was referencing when Derek Mason and Steve McNair ended up being gone the same day. That was kind of a black Monday uh in in, in Titans history.
1: Yeah uh you know Steve was very impactful in Nashville people absolutely loved him McNair and and uh his passing was was felt very hard it felt like in in that community as well when you look back at at those years and now the access you had to players and coaches or the relationship maybe be the better word for it you had with players and coaches would you say it was as good as it is now better than it is now what kind of access did they give you especially in those those good early years
0: it was light years better. It's not even close now. And a lot of that has to do with COVID and Zoom interviews and all that kind of stuff. You, you very seldom get one-on-ones anymore. Um, a lot of those guys that came here at the beginning, um, you know, I formed some really good friendships. Um, you know, Steve McNair, Eddie George, Derek Mason uh, were all guys, Blaine Bishop, uh, that I considered friends. Peter Sermon, Drew Bennett, um, you know, I, I could give you a long list of them. Those were some great guys. That's the best locker room that I have ever covered. And, uh, I, you know, I always tell those guys, y'all were incredible to deal with. There was virtually nothing that I asked for uh, as far as going to players and saying, would you come on this show? Would you come over to the Wild Horse? Whatever. That, that they didn't help me. They were incredible.
1: Now, I cover Eastern Kentucky University and uh and been really fortunate. The uh, university has been great to me and letting me in and uh, coaches have been great, players have been great. One of the things I always think back to that my dad said as a kid uh, when he talked about you, George, was it seemed like the local media really pandered to Jeff Fisher. Um, and dad always said that you were the one person who didn't. Uh, it wasn't that you ever mean to Jeff Fisher, but... Uh, but if you were willing to speak the truth, whether it hurt his feelings or not, uh, I don't know if you on purpose did that, what kind of the, the behind the scenes aspect of this. But uh, how do you balance having a, a sports show that's not just sucking up so you can have that relationship versus actually being able to talk real live what's going on?
0: Yeah, it's a fine line. I mean, Jeff and I are, I believe, very good friends today. Uh, I helped him with a a big charity event last summer for the Heimerdinger Foundation. The way I used to say it, I knew that Jeff respected what I was doing. I very much respected what he did. And I always believed that he was probably the only coach that could have taken all the buffoonery in in the late 90s. You know, (laughs) working out of a trailer, dealing with buds, penny pinching. He's probably the only guy that could have navigated that. Uh, we're lucky that it was Fisher back then. Hmm. And I think he knew that I felt that way. And we got into it at times over Pac-Man. That was probably our worst go at it. You know I kept telling him You're, you know your little angel is no angel." <laughs> and um, you know that that caused some that caused some stuff that That was really the biggest thing he and I got into.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Pac-Man Jones was an interesting case. Um, <laughs> you know, talent, talent versus off the field stuff, and and even now he seems like he's doing well. I don't know. I don't see him much about him anymore, other than his recent taking care of some kids, uh, friends, children, and stuff like that. And so now that's coming come up again. But he kind of I don't. Do you think he ever turned things around? Because uh, it seems like the end of his career, he wasn't getting in trouble at least that we heard of.
0: Yeah, I hope not. Uh, he was an incredible talent, and a lot of it was wasted. Mm. Uh, he ran through a bunch of money very early in his career. Um, it, it was just kind of a sad deal. I, I hope it's turned out well for him. I really do.
1: Uh, I've got more questions, but Dad, I know you probably have some questions too, so I'll let you ask ask a couple. Well,
2: I, I do. I, I got a couple. One, um, when I was there, you know, in the area for about forty years, there was just some to me some great. Sports personalities there I think of John Merritt um, Boots Donnelly Kermit Davis, Pete Weber And several George, uh, who, who would you think is one of the Biggest sports personalities That you've covered there in the area Or got to know
0: Um, Obviously for me CM Newton uh, Who was like a second dad to me Was one of those Big John uh, John Merritt you're referring to there's a guy that was larger than life. Um, I think it was fortunate that the NCAA didn't seem to swoop in on Tennessee state back then. I'm not sure, um, how much they were into complying with rules. Um, <laughs> you know, boots is still here. Uh, I see boots at, at breakfast, a group of us get together. Larry Schmitto was another one, uh, a great personality. Um, you know, at that time. So you're right. We were blessed with uh not only some, some really good sports people, but some real personalities.
1: Hey, to follow up with that, who was your least favorite? No, I'm just kidding.
2: Go ahead, <laughs> That's it. Um, with, with the, I've got a predator question. Of course you people may not know that you're one of the people very much responsible for the predator still being in Nashville with that big season ticket. Sale over that weekend there. But I had a chance to go, and Vince went with me several times to Predator games. I was fortunate enough to get to go to two or three or four every year uh, when I was there. And um, I was able to go to the first playoff game series when they played the Red Wings. And I was there to be able to be there at the second game. Of course, they got their first playoff victory at the first one. But that night was the first shutout, I believe, in playoff history for the Predators. And the last two minutes of that game, I have never been in a live sporting event as loud and as electric as that was. And I know you've been to hundreds and hundreds of Predator games. What would be a game or a moment that would stick out to you?
0: Uh, let Let me ask this first. Am I causing all the crackling? I believe in, so. In the background. I think so. <laughs> okay. Let me Let me see what I can do. I apologize. That's okay. For what I'm causing here. I've got about 35 <laughs> percent stuff. So bear with me on this. Okay. Um, the night they beat Anaheim to get to the um, the Stanley Cup final, uh, when they brought the team back out on the ice to the, the music, uh, whatever it was, glorious domination. Uh, those of us, several of us who had been involved in that rally, I, I know we moved to near tears uh, because we fought our butts off during those two, two and a half months to see to it, that this team would stay here and to watch all of it come to fruition You know, you think a a year later, Seattle, which was a great city supporting the Supersonics, they couldn't pull off what we did. And, you know, I've always felt like we were really fortunate. Um, That was a really emotional moment. I'm a day one season ticket holder. I didn't know the first damn thing about hockey when they got here. But about four years in, it finally hit for me. And then when you put in the kind of efforts that all of us in the our team nashville group put in you tend to want to care a little bit more at that point hmm. is this any better by the way
1: yeah it sounds good to me okay good.
0: sounded like a thunderstorm for a while
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right vince go ahead okay yeah i want to go back to the preds um the sale and recently you had some good stuff on social media about that Uh, you thought it was a good thing the ownership that would be coming into the Nashville Predators Um, and it was a far different story than the last time they were up for sale right oh god
0: Uh, yeah the 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 deal um, all those years ago I knew or at least I thought I knew um, the minute I heard Canadian businessman Jim Ball silly I knew we were in trouble I was actually, um, I was at Turner Field to see the Braves and the Mets. And Butch Spearden, who runs the Convention and Visitors Bureau here, called me and said, Leopold has sold the team. Uh, I called Willie and Darren. They were on the air. I was on vacation. And I told him, I said, we're in big trouble. And on the way back, I remember thinking, what could I do to help? And little did I know that 48 hours later, Butch and Ralph Schultz, who run, runs the uh, Chamber of Commerce here, they decided to put a group together. And, and before I knew what hit me, I was one of the ringleaders in that deal. I, I'm glad I was stupid enough to not know what I was getting into.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, George, I know you got your phones dying, so we don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, but you do have a new show coming on, uh, you're going from radio to TV. Uh, it's Monday to Friday, four to six on Main Street Media TV. You can get that on Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV. Starts July the eleventh, and now you go from hearing the golden voice of George Plaster to seeing the face of George Plaster on a daily basis. right Now, um,
0: and maybe that, that got better there. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, transition into sort of a a, a little bit of what y'all are doing um hmm. which is sports talk radio on uh, on television now i think the you know I, I might be better off putting a paper bag over my head that, that might help it but I, i'm really excited about it this is going to be a fun venture for me uh you know this late in my career i'm not sure i ever thought i would have this much fun but you know putting this together has it's been a blast
1: well, George, thank you for coming on. Uh, it means a lot to us. And uh, sorry about some of the audio issues, but uh, uh, we'll catch up with you sometime down the road. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Listen, I am so sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I, I know you all
0: had some good plans with this, and I have ruined it with what sounds like a thunderstorm <laughs> in, in the area. So, uh, you know, g- give me a holler back. Here's a good line. Give me a rain check.
2: There you
1: go. <laughs> All right, George, good luck with the TV show, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road.
0: Thank you. I am so sorry that this had worked out better.
1: No problem. Thank you so much. We do appreciate
2: it. Thanks for being on.
1: All right, that's George Plaster again, Mainstream Media TV. You can get that, uh, download that on Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV. The show starts July the 11th, 4 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. And uh, you'll love listening to George. He is a a great host and uh, does a great job uh, there in Nashville, but talking about other things as well. So uh, thank you to George Plaster. And I don't think we, I don't know. I didn't have as bad of audio issues till the end there as what he was having. Uh, So, Dad, I don't know how it sounded on Yuri. And I'll listen back to it, I guess, when we post the the show. But uh, there was some great stuff in that interview, Dad. Um, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, uh, not active in the community. That surprised me, especially about Tannehill. Uh, So that was surprising. Uh, Some good stuff about Jeff Fisher in there. The hockey sale was awesome as well. And absolutely loved having George on. We'll work to get him on again. He was um we're on Easter time. He was central time. I had a little confusion with that. So the, he was at the uh minor league baseball stadium talking to us tonight. And uh, but George, phenomenal. Uh, absolutely loved it. Thank you, thank you to George Plaster for coming on this show. Dad, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk some more sports after this word from in the clutch.com. In the clutch dot com, the newest sponsors of the Sports Stove podcast. And we are excited to partner with in the clutch.com. They have officially licensed apparel and accessories for your favorite sports teams and athletes use code sports and get 10% off your first purchase. You can find shirts like I still own you green Bay Packers. Are we talking about practice? All kinds of great shirts and baseball, football, hockey, and basketball. Officially licensed apparel from in the clutch.com. Again, use the code sports to get 10% off your purchase. Welcome back into the Sports Stow Podcast. And we and Dad are going to finish up the show here talking about some things. There are a lot of basketball news going on right now. We're going to hold off on that till Sunday. And uh, we'll have a guest on Sunday to talk about the NBA and all that stuff. So we will talk about it, but we're going to wait till Sunday. Uh, James Harden, optioned out of his player option with the Philadelphia 76ers. Beal uh, also went uh, option out of his player option with the Wizards. We'll see where all that leads to the Hawks trade to get an All Star guard to add to their backcourt as well. Um, let's do talk though about Amani Bates, dad. Number one overall recruit signed with Penny Hardaway and Memphis last year. It did not go well, and so he enters the transfer portal and he signs with Eastern Michigan. An interesting decision from an ex. I mean, last year he was the number one uh, high school recruit coming into college and now he's going to eastern michigan uh no knock to eastern michigan but that doesn't make any sense does it
2: um no i mean i was i was really surprised about that um be interesting to see how that goes with different players you know we talked about Um, Eastern Kentucky have a great recruiting year and some really big name players going there. And obviously, I think you and I talked about it the other day that, you know, a a really good player can go to a smaller school like that, uh, or or I guess with a lesser conference, not necessarily a smaller school, and they can really stand out and um, be noticed there. So, But again, you would think it, it was kind of good to see because with all the NIL stuff, um, you know, I wouldn't think that factored into the decision at Eastern Michigan. And, um, you know, it, it, it's great to see, you know, you know, him go where he thought he had a good opportunity to do well. So yeah, that's, I, again, you know, we've talked about all this with the NIL and different things. And I think it'll be a few years before everybody, everything kind of shakes out what kids are going to do.
1: Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Maybe the NIL factored everything into this. Maybe we'll find out that he got paid a lot of money to go to Eastern Michigan, but maybe not. Maybe it was purely a decision of where he wanted to go. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Sticking to the college side of things, we talked about Arch Manning committing to Texas, and since he has, the uh, recruits have been pouring in for Steve Sarkeesian there in Texas. Uh, Not a surprise, right, that you sign one of the most well-known quarterbacks in the nation, the number one ranked quarterback in the nation, the highest ranked quarterback in the nation. Only three quarterbacks ever rated this high coming out of high school, Quinn Ewers, who's at Texas, and Vince Young, who went to Texas. So Arch Manning is there, and he is bringing a lot of guys with him. Uh, How much does one recruit signing truly impact? You're talking about the NIL stuff. It seems like Arch Manning had a bigger impact than NIL had with getting these Texas recruits.
2: Well, I know in years past, it made a big difference. If they could, one, it was important for a college, you know, to get – get an elite player, but then to get an elite player who would go out and get one early like Arch is, and then him go out and try to recruit other people uh, to come with him. That's always been a very positive thing uh, for schools. And that was one of the advantages of anytime they can get someone to sign early. And I know there's been other schools and other players that once they sign um, then, you know, that really helped them get other players at the school on Texas You know, it's really in the right spot. It's funny because, you know, they really didn't do well last year, but uh, now they've had a fairly good recruiting year. And with this, um, you know, there's a lot to look forward to in the years to come. I assume most of these recruits will come in in the class that he's, he's in also or, and then, um, so it'll be, it'll be very interesting. Um, again, not surprising at all, especially a guy with Arch Manning. And again, you know, with all the, the, you know publicity he would have but the influence that his family would have um, I think a lot would factor into that
1: yeah yeah I think it would as well and the thing with football you got to remember too is it takes a little bit of time right because even these guys coming in as freshmen <coughs> they're not all going to be ready to go as freshmen and so it's going to take two or three years for that class to really be effective. So you're going to have to be patient with Sarkeesian. Now the transfer portal changes that a little bit where you can bring in guys to plug and play, but overall, uh, you know, if I had to put money on Texas, I'd put it on them in three years versus next year or even the year after uh, as Quinn Ewers will be the quarterback this year. So we assume uh, and uh, maybe even the year after that as well. Uh, Texas still currently in the big 12, not, not, not much longer. They'll be moving to the sec, but the big 12, is looking to hire Brett Yormark. Uh, he is the uh, as the next commissioner for the Big 12. ESPN reported, others did as well. Uh, but he is currently the uh, COO of Jay-Z's Rock Nation. Uh, so kind of pulling from a different, uh, different area, I guess, uh, than, than what you think of for commissioners. But in the day and age of the NIL, you want someone who is very understanding of culture and how things are going and and in touch, especially in the marketing side of things, not just for the NIL stuff, but for the conference as a whole, because this conference, Dan, is kind of reshaping things, right? They're bringing in uh, a new teams. Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida will join next year. Uh, so this this Big 12 move is intriguing, I think, to see – the direction they're going with their commissioner choice.
2: No, I, I agree with you on that. And I think it's very wise. I mean, if the big 12 is going to survive, because uh, they're losing a lot of their big name, you know, schools with Oklahoma and Texas. So if they're going to survive, they're going to have to think a little bit outside the box and do things outside the box. So to get a commissioner that can be creative and comes from a little bit of a different perspective, um, you know, different genre probably is wise. And again, it's like everything in sports. If this works, you know, other conferences may look at seeing, you know, uh, who they need to lead them. I don't know that any commissioners are are worried right now, but I think it's going to, you know, every conference is going to have to uh, look at things, um, you know, until the NCAA changes or until they make this big mega football conference, which I think may happen sometime uh, right now for a conference to stay viable. I uh, seem like bringing in a guy that will have new ideas, um, probably a good thing.
1: I agree. Uh, let's talk quickly about the NHL. Sorry, Jason. I uh, <laughs> didn't like our conversation about the NHL a week or so ago, but it's over. Uh, Colorado wins Game Six to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I think that's their third Stanley Cup. And uh, young team, they uh, they dent the Stanley Cup in their celebration. Still on the ice. Uh, that's interesting. But uh, any words you want to give to the parting NHL season?
2: Well, it's like I said, the Colorado was a very dominant um, force all year long. And I think, you know, I read where it was one of one of maybe one of the most dominant. There were some things that matched up probably with, um, the Gretzky Oilers, you know, back in the day, but, uh, Colorado really, you know, they were strong all year long. And it's interesting because they've got young talent. And even though while there is free agency and moves around a little bit in hockey, more than likely they can keep people together. And they do have a young team. And, you know, um, You know, it'll be real interesting. I think it was good for the NHL. I think the NHL is doing much better, as you said, now that they're with, you know, ESPN, TNT. They have more... um, you know, more publicity is helping them. And I think this run with a young team, I'm sure they'll use it greatly in promoting the season uh, next season. Of course, they have their draft coming up here pretty quick. And, um, I, you know, I think it, it was an up year for the NHL and, um, you know, congratulations to the avalanche, you know, Tampa's had a real dominant run and they very easily could have won. And, um, but, um, but you know, congratulations to the Avalanche.
1: Yes, congratulations to the Avalanche. Uh, let's go baseball. Uh, big brawl. We won't spend too much time on that. It's been a couple of days now since since that happened. Suspensions got handed down. Uh, crazy fight. to Be honest with you, a lot of craziness happened there. Uh, you know, we. I don't. I don't remember if we talked. I guess we did. Did we talk about the brawl? I don't remember if it happened after we recorded on Sunday or before. Um, so we won't talk much about that. Any, anything that stood out to you with the suspensions? Were you surprised by anything? Um, you know what, I guess the manager got suspended the most. I think he got the, the harshest penalty, uh, for the angels, but, um, Nevin, I believe. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, overall, it's a surprising event if you ask me.
2: Yeah, but I'm sorry, Roseanne. Uh, anything that came, came from the suspensions that surprised you? No, no, not really. Again, I think, you know, um, that's something professional sports has to watch and has to curb. And, um, you know, so I, I think baseball obviously doesn't want to get, um, that started from there again. I don't know what all spawned it. I've heard that it could be something from the, you know, the day before somebody getting, um, trout getting thrown at, or at least a pitch that was up high or whatever. But, um, you know, and baseball always had a little bit of a retaliation, but yeah, they're going to have to, you know, um, you know bench-clearing brawls, but again, I heard the talk about that, and it's true. Baseball's a little bit of a different animal. You know, if you say, "Well, okay, nobody can leave the leave the dugout," well, then you know you, you're leaving one player out there potentially against you know it's four nice. or five yeah. players from the infield. So it's a little bit it's it's a little bit different, and something they have to look at.
1: Well, you know, maybe uh, don't charge the mound if it's one against nine. It uh, would be my my take on that. Lots of injuries. Scherzer and DeGrom both in rehab right now looking to get back soon. Uh, Bryce Harper, broken thumb, has surgery. Don't know when he'll be back yet either. Uh, what about Freddie Freeman? Interesting uh, oddly enough, uh, this would have been a good question to ask George Plaster as he's a huge Braves fan. Freddie Freeman fires his representation. Did not like the way things went in his transition to LA, um, is Freddie Freeman regretting leaving Atlanta?
2: I don't know. That's what I wondered when I, when I heard about this and I didn't, wasn't able to hear much about it today, but when I saw that, I thought, you know, I, you know, he has to be the one that makes the final decision. So, um, I, I don't know. Of course, you know, he was back in Atlanta what did they're over the weekend and had a great reception there from the fans. And uh, so I'm, I'm not sure what that was all about.
1: Can the Dodgers trade Freddie Freeman for Matt Olson? <laughs> He's uh, can can the Dodgers trade Freddie Freeman for
2: Matt Olson? Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that they would do that. So you'd have to say, I think they got a, the, a good deal of what they have right now. Uh, let's see here. Not a whole lot has changed in, in lieu of the
1: standings in major league baseball, New York still absolutely crushing the American league East 13, uh, games up on Toronto, Toronto, Boston and Tampa keep floating back and forth. Tampa actually, uh, is two behind. Uh, Toronto right now, Minnesota leads the central, Cleveland's still there in second. Uh, the White Sox still just not being effective. Houston has the West under control in the National League. Uh, Atlanta's catching New York, Dan. And look at that, that uh, National League East, and uh, now New York's about to get Scherzer and DeGrom back in the next what two, three weeks, maybe. But Atlanta's been really, really tough, and they've got Albies out for a while, but. I'm starting to think that maybe Atlanta wins this division over the Mets. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, you know, like I said, we knew all along Atlanta was not going to stay where they were at. Um, and it would be a very interesting if they do, as far as from the New York fan base and the Mets, you know, to have the team it looked like they had and to be in control. Um, even if it's gets to be a close race, going um, to be very interesting because, you know, you know, in New York, you know, fans are not tolerated real well, and have the Yankees having a great year. So it'll be interesting if it, if the Braves do catch in, but definitely it's going to be a race, at least a two-team race over there, I think.
1: Milwaukee's in first again in the Central. I sent a thank you to two people today. Uh, this, we're recording this on Wednesday. I sent a thank you to Graham Wallace. He's a huge Toronto fan, and that's where Rowdy Telez came from to Milwaukee. And then I also send a thank you to Kevin Wilson, uh, our fantasy baseball friend from Belly Up Sports, because this past week, Kevin Wilson dropped Rowdy Tellez in fantasy baseball. Since then, Rowdy Tellez has had two two home run games. And uh, so once Kevin let him get him off the roster, he was free to finally start playing well. So Rowdy Tellez having a huge week for Milwaukee. Thank you to Kevin. Uh, for dropping him. Thank you to Graham for talking Toronto into trading him to Milwaukee last year. In the NL West, dad, the Dodgers in the lead. San Diego only a game back. San Francisco has fallen into solid third place, five and a half back uh, there. This seems like a two-headed monster, and San Diego's not healthy, dad. Fernando Tatis is still not back. Um, He's supposed to start swinging in the next week or two. And Machado's been out for several games as well. And San Diego's not falling at all. Uh, they're still staying right there with Los Angeles. Uh, is San Diego going to win the
2: West? I mean they could you would think when they get you know the, their players back uh that'll add a lot you know not only just a lot of talent to the lineup but probably a lot of energy also from there and confidence so I think the Padres definitely should be um a factor and and you know maybe able to take it from the Dodgers um as it goes on it'd be very interesting to watch.
1: Walker Buehler is out with an injury um dad would know that because he has him on his fantasy team as well but uh yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see as we get into towards the all-star break and uh, how things roll there in major league baseball to close out this season uh football news uh Terry McLaurin he is back he signed his extension he was holding out uh, but he is is back now so he got that signed that's Good news for the Commanders. They haven't had a whole lot of good news here (laughs) recently, Uh, so they'll take that for sure. Deshaun Watson hearings continue. Uh, They'll be in their third day of meetings on Thursday. Not a whole lot to talk about there. And then, Dad, the Baker Mayfield situation. I've heard from, from people who know things that he's going to Seattle, and I've heard from people who know things that he's going to Carolina. Um, But he's still a Cleveland Brown as of today, even though he is not going to play for Cleveland. How long do we go before Baker Mayfield gets moved?
2: Um, I would think, you know, basically it just needs to be done before training camp now that we're in a dead period here. So, um, you know, you've still got a couple weeks. Um, but I would think you know if one of those two teams were going to get him, then I think it would be you know I would think it'd be settled a week or two before training camp at least um so he can start you know getting into the system um you know somewhat again i i it's hard to tell where he's going to go, like you said, people that know say one team and then people that know say the other team, and um I, you know i it'd be anybody's guess you know um. Probably a lot of it has to do, I guess, with the finances, whether they're going to get anybody. Because technically, Cleveland has to trade him. Is that correct? Or uh, oh, he's or not really he's just a free agent, is he? Not yet. They'd either have to release him or trade him. Yeah. And so there's going to be some of you know, his salary. I think they want a team to take some of it. And um, so I don't know what the approach is there um, from either team. I think he could fit you know, with either team would be a help with um, either one, and um, yeah, I, you know it's definitely drug on, but um, I, I would think it'd be settled within a couple weeks of training camp um, would only make sense if he's going to go ahead and sign with one of them or if he's going to wait and see what happens, you know, what injuries or teams that look at other quarterbacks um, from there.
1: Yeah, I, I've heard that Cleveland is looking to – to unload half of his salary, so they're going to pay about nine million, and looking for the other team to pick up the other. I think it's eight or nine million uh, there as well. And then an interesting story, Dad. Um, Cincinnati Bengals running back Travion Williams. Ben Baby has a story on ESPN. He is going to be an adjunct professor at Texas A and M, teaching on NIL uh, <laughs> to the students at Texas A&M, so he's teaching a a course specifically on NIL. He was at A&M from 2016 to 2018. How much money did he receive in his time at college that he is so professional on how to teach on getting money while you're in college, do you think? Uh, Add that to the Jimbo Fisher topics, even though I don't think Fisher was there when Williams was there, uh, I don't. Maybe he was for his last year. I don't remember what what year Jimbo Fisher went to A and M. But it, that's an interesting concept, right? For an NFL player to come in and be an adjunct professor uh, to teach a class on NIL.
2: Well, you know, definitely colleges are going to keep doing more with it and giving more training. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, that does make for an interesting question. You know, does he have experience in this, or is he just um, been, you know, learning and wants to train them now? So that is a that that is a very interesting um, take on that and it's interesting with everything that's happened with AM and Alabama is they're bringing on an adjunct professor um, but again you know I I'm sure Jimbo says hey this is just to help the kids when they get here because you know there wasn't anything promised before except um, you know there th- th- this will give them an opportunity to really learn how this works
1: yes it will yes it will all right, Dad. That's all that's all I got for today. Uh
2: anything else that I missed that you want to talk about? Um, no, like I said, it was great having, you know, George Plaster on. Um, you know, if we had him a little longer, we could ask a lot of questions, but it was very interesting. Um the things he said about the Titans, because when I was still there in Tennessee, um, there were some real questions about things, you know, how they were doing business, how things were going on, what the problems were. And um, I've wondered, you know, as any of that changed and I would, based on what I heard tonight, probably not a lot of it has, you know uh, he was definitely right about the Marcus Mariota thing. Um, you know, most other sports sports, Commentators in the area, you know, tried to say, well, that was okay. You know, he needed to be at home in, in Hawaii, but you know, you never. You never saw him compared, and that was very interesting there. I know one problem the Titans were having was with their attendance when I was there. They had agreed to sell tickets to ticket brokers and pretty consistently a third uh, half of the stadium was the other team's fans and uh, now maybe that's changed a little bit now because they've had better years, but that would have been interesting to find that out uh, but you know he was always he George flasher was always one that would say what he thought the problems were and um, you know, some of them people would listen and was able to help and other people um, did not, you know, the Titans didn't Vanderbilt never listened to him and he was an alumni could have helped them a lot. And um just very, it was it was great to you know hear him again. You he, uh, know he's he's quite the personality. If anybody ever listened to him, be good to watch him on TV. He has lots of great sayings. He has lots of things. I always remember him talking about um, the Raiders and Al Davis. You know he always talked about their slogan was a commitment to empty seats, and uh, the logo was just litigate, baby. And um, he was he was constantly on that with uh, Raiders and Al Davis and a very colorful guy.
1: Yeah. And you can watch him now Dad. actually you can download the app and watch him starting July 11th for mainstream media TV uh, there as well. I wanted to talk to him about Major League Baseball and the possibility of them coming to Nashville as well. So we'll work on getting him back on sometime down the road and try to ask a few more of these questions. But I sure appreciated him taking the time uh, to come on. And again, when I think of local radio, I think of George Plaster, how it should be done. Um, our local media here in Lexington and even Richmond, they just they won't say anything that will hurt their chances of getting on somebody on their show, which in Lexington doesn't matter. You're not going to get on anybody from Kentucky anyhow. Coach cal's not coming on your show. Stoops isn't coming on your show. Um, but, uh, nonetheless, it's just a lot of butt kissing, basically (laughs) not a whole lot of, of actual content. So uh, only one show I know of in Lexington that gives real content, that's Brad Taylor's show and, and in Richmond, I really feel like, I know some people aren't going to like this. I feel like we're the only show that puts out real content in Richmond. So, um, you know, uh, take it or leave it. I
2: don't know. Um, we're, we're we're a lot like, I think George plaster in the fact that, you know, we're we're sports fans to me. That was the thing about George. You watched him. I didn't have the same favorite teams. He did. I didn't always agree with everything he said, but you knew he was a passionate sports fan. He loved sports. He loved talking about sports. And he came across that way. He wasn't saying something just to get ratings. He wasn't saying something one night and the next night saying the exact opposite. He was a fan, and, and you know, he would give you his opinion from being a fan. And like you've said, you and I have always talked sports for years, and that's what we try to do on this show.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I mean, my style, I guess, is shaped from George Blaster, a lot of it is because um, that's who we listen to a lot, you know, in the car was George Blaster, and uh, so a lot of kind of my vision for what this show is going to be is still kind of based off of what I heard growing up with George uh, on on the local radio. So, again, thank you to George Blaster for coming on. We we'll hope to get him on again uh, sometime here down the road and and talk more to him. I greatly respect him, and uh, so appreciate him taking the time. I know he he probably doesn't realize. Uh, how much it means. It really is. It means a lot. So I appreciate that. Uh, Dad, we are starting uh, Sunday will be season three of the Sports Stove Podcast. Started right before the pandemic. um, You know, 2020 started the new year and said, all right, here we go. We're going to do a sports talk podcast. And then the whole world shut down and there was nothing to talk about. Um, But uh, we have made it through that. We made it through 2021. And uh, as we kind of come into the, the midpoint of the year, now we transition into the fall sports, uh, football specifically coming up. And so we are going to transition. We've got new segments coming, uh, for season three, new stuff going on with the local hour, new sponsor, uh, lots of fun stuff happening. So tune in Sunday as we kick off season three, where we're talking NBA, we've got an NBA guest coming on with us as well. So we'll get into that. Then local hour, uh, Sports Stove local hour starts up this coming Wednesday. Uh, we'll be live. Let's see here. I think we'll be live Tuesday night. It'll drop Wednesday morning. The podcast will, and we'll be on Belly Up TV on Wednesday morning as well, where we start our position breakdown for EKU football. And uh, really looking forward to getting back into the local hour. Haven't done that for the month of June. So we're back into it. And again, introducing new sponsors, discounts on pizza. Uh, it's gonna be a great time. So uh tune into that. I need to thank Belly Up Sports, by the way. Been with Belly Up Sports now for almost two years, and um their support and encouragement has been uh, uh felt and, and and appreciated. And so there's we're still with them, Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Media. And uh, you can find us on Belly Up TV every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. And, of course, the podcast wherever you get it. Follow us on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Sports Stove. And then don't forget to go to InTheClutch.com and get yourself a T-shirt. Use the code Sports Stove and you get 10% off your purchase uh, there as well. All right. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode and to all of Season two's episodes. If you missed any of this uh, episode, make sure you go back and listen on YouTube or podcast platforms. And we will see you in Season 3 coming up uh, next week. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.